This episode is brought to you by Premier Ridge Capital. Your path to financial freedom and stability through multifamily syndications begins with Premier Ridge Capital. Visit our website at www.premierridgecapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and get your free ebook today. Learn the secrets of multifamily investing and how Premier Ridge Capital can be your partner in achieving financial peace of mind. And today I have my friend, Rosaline Ortega. Rose, welcome back. Hey, good morning. Hey, well, uh, thank you for having me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. You know, I wanted to bring you on. We kind of we kind of decided on, on last minute we were going to talk about the market and, and things, but we kind of decided last minute to um, for you to do the data, for us to go over the data. I'd love to get your feedback on how you're projecting the data out. Uh, just to give some context for the listeners and the viewers, um, Rose is a New Jersey-based investor, a real estate landlord who teaches people how to buy and manage rental properties. She worked in the hospitality industry for over 20 years, started from the bottom, and eventually promoted to a regional role in revenue management in hotels. So she's got hospitality experience. She also is an investor. She's actually an investor in, in one of my deals, so she's a limited partner. Her and I are partners on a deal. She also um, earned her name as Urban Teach New York by educating and hosting wealth-related workshops for her local community. Rose, yeah. bienvenida, mi hermana. Thank you for coming gracias, on. Gracias, gracias. See, that was so very nicely put. Yeah. I got bio. <laughs> yeah. It makes you, makes you, you sound really good, right? Yeah. Uh, my team really did a good job at putting this together. It says, they also put here, her investment was not real estate. Her first investment, it says, your first investment was in Netflix, Back, oh, uh, yes. back Netflix wow. stock back in How 2016. <laughs> yeah, these guys, my guys, man, I got it. My team does a really good job. So, Powell and Kat, good job, guys. Um, okay. You bought a thousand shares of Netflix. By the way, Netflix is up this morning. Um, is it? Yeah, I just saw my financial my financial newsletter. Um, the market was up yesterday, Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, Friday, January. What was Saturday? Friday, uh, January twentieth. Uh, twentieth, yeah. So the market was up, and um, it was all due to Netflix. Netflix had more subscribers than anticipated, and I think I don't remember what the percentage was, but you're right, eight percent. There you go. There you go. There you go. I have the numbers on my phone too. (laughs) Yeah. So do you still hold? Do you still own those those uh, those shares? La bandita. I'll give you a quick uh, synopsis there. So I bought it at four dollars a share Mm -hmm. in two thousand six. Four dollars a share, two thousand six. Right. Sold it a year or two later, I can't remember, at $17. So I paid for my money, right? Mm-hmm. I thought I was a superstar. I'm like, mm-hmm. ooh, I, I got this. And then it started climbing through the years. And every mm-hmm. time I look at it, I'm like, oh, I should have uh, kept it at four. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. That's uh, That was interesting, right? The way that the market shifted back in those days. You and I are both old enough to remember. By the way, Rose is also grown born and raised in New York City from Dominican heritage like myself. So we have a lot in common to that respect. We grew up in the same culture in the same city. Um, To think you and I are both old enough to remember the blockbuster days. Have you seen that (laughs) documentary, by the way, the blockbuster? I have have not yet. I need to. It's on my list. But yeah, Yeah, the the envelopes. Yeah, you remember Blockbuster, huh? We used to go pick up. It was it was interesting though, having to go pick up, buy pizza. That's the way I remember it. Buy pizza for right. the family, go go to Blockbuster. We would go and everyone would pick a movie. It was uh 
Yeah, interesting and hope time. That it wasn't both sold out or all gone, right? Yep, 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 yep. And and technology has changed things so much. And you know, um, Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix, and they they refused to. There's a great it's a great documentary. I saw it on a flight the other day. I don't remember where I was flying, where I was traveling, but I saw it on a flight. Um, but anyways, I want to talk about I want I want to talk about in this episode. I want to talk us to talk about the market update, and there is I want to talk about the the techno what's happening with the unemployment right because we know that three things drive real estate right and that's employment growth um unemployment right being down jobs being up which they invert and population growth and right now in 2023 i got some numbers here and some data i'd like to get your thoughts on it amazon 18,000 jobs 18,000 layoffs now that's global right that's right. still a lot that's still a lot microsoft 10,000 jobs. Google, 12,000 layoffs. This is all right. 2023, by the way. This is right. on top of this of the layoffs they already did last year. Mm-hmm. Goldman Sachs, 3,200 jobs. Salesforce, 10% of their sales force, right? Wow. 8,000 jobs. I mean, mm-hmm. that is significant. What are your thoughts on the impact that that will have on on real estate, on investments overall? Well, I think that we're sure going to see some impact, some impact more in some markets than others. Um, Honestly, like I am a big numbers person, so I'll have to sit and see what is the total workforce for Amazon? Like what number does that really represent? 1.2 million. It's a small percentage. Right. That's one. Mm -hmm. Two, where are these layoffs happening, right? Is it over on the West Coast? in their distribution centers? Is it happening in major cities? Where is it? Because again, if it's not affecting certain areas where people make a living with those companies, they're still going to be able to buy property, rent property, you know, be able to afford what's happening here with inflation and everything. So those are the the, the couple of things that I need to go back and kind of dissect and mm-hmm. hone in on. Um, on a grand scheme of things, yes, these layoffs are, are scary. You know, it's happening I think all these companies are pulling back on expenses. They're also feeling inflation and lack of right revenues coming in. Maybe forecasting for the next quarters doesn't look as great as they expected it to be. So they have to cut somewhere. Mm-hmm. And normally when companies, big corporations need to flow better to the bottom line, labor is the first line that gets, you know, affected, That's right? So they're they're sitting there like, okay, these books that might look a little tricky, where can we start trimming the fat? And it's going to start always at labor. Mm -hmm. I know that from experience, from coming from these big hotel companies. You know, we start combining positions. We start eliminating certain areas or certain departments. Or we, you know, start laying off of certain areas and then say, you know what, in six months, we'll go back and rehire at different rates. Um, So it could be a, a number of things, honestly. Got it. Um, so, so the thing I, you know, a lot, a lot of this has to do with the fear mongers, you know, for, for yeah. now, for over a year, I've been, you know, I've been watching the data on real estate and we've been, I've been thinking about, you know, me, the media drives a lot about, drives the market a lot, right? Because it's, a lot of it is psychological. If we start, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. A recession is coming, a recession yeah. is coming, a recession is coming. So people start hearing that, start hearing that. So they start behaving like a recession is here. I believe we're already in the recession. I've been saying yeah, we've the recession. Been. Yeah, last year, July, mm-hmm. I said when we had two negative 
consecutive quarters of negative GDP, and then this administration wanted to change, redefine the name of 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 um of what a recession is, and they were hanging their hats on unemployment. And here we at here we are. We've been you know not we but the the talking heads have been singing this praise about recession, 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 recession. I want to get into, I want to go into the Redfin data, you know. Yes, um, let's do it. Let me, let me share my screen here with the, with the viewers and the listeners so the listeners can, um, let me go here. And here we go. So here's a Redfin, here's the market update, okay. And here's what they're saying. Um, this is as for week ending um, January 13, 2023. So uh, prices remain elevated because buyer activity has started to pick up uh, as mortgage rates decline due to slowing inflation. Average mortgage rates dropped to 6.15 during the week ending of January 19. I was just doing some math here, Rose, and the impact of that, the impact of that is so, it's so impactful because when you look at when I did, I was doing it at six point zero four because it said the average rate. If I when I when you go down mm-hmm. on this on this article, it says that the average rate for a thirty year more the daily average was six point zero four, right okay. under the leading indicators, and it's right there. It says for week ending January nineteenth, thirty year mortgage rates dropped six point one five, and the daily average rate was six point zero four percent on January eighteenth. So what I did was I took the average home price. At three fifty, right? Mm-hmm. At, let's say a year ago, we would have been at four point five. A mortgage payment would have been seventeen twenty two. El mismo, el mismo mortgage at the same price. Yes. Today, the same house is at at the new rates at the six at the average rates of six point zero four, which, by the way, is the lowest it's been since I think October or November's high right. of seven percent. It's twenty one oh seven. We're talking three hundred eighty five dollars different. Difference to buy the same in monthly payments, difference to right. buy the same exact house, nothing extra, no extra features, nothing's changed on the house. Right. But yet it's costing the average American $385 more a month, $4,800 more a year. What are your thoughts on that? When you see that, the rates, and you see unemployment, you see these headings, what are your thoughts on that? I think the the uh, middle class earners are going to start realizing that they are not going to be able to afford home ownership, you know, mm-hmm. so it's going to probably start shifting a little bit. I've already seen it where there's folks that have a pre-approval with an FHA at 3.5% down that got pre-approved nine, 12 months ago at 4%. And that number is the number that they were looking to pay that they can't afford to pay. And now things drastically have changed. So those are the folks that are falling out of the buyer's bank, right? They're the buyer's group. They're like, you know what? I can't afford the extra $300 a month. I just mm-hmm. can't do it. So I'll just keep renting. Mm-hmm. But then there's, you know, a smaller group that's in there that is still like, you know, if it's if it's up 300, I can still do it. Um, gas prices are going down a little bit. I don't know about in your area, but in mine, we've, we've seen the drops, which mm-hmm. is nice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, car prices have gone down, used mm-hmm. car prices. So there's a couple of other things that people that are still... Um, committed to buying their home, they're going to look at those things and say, okay, I'm saving a little bit here so I can afford the extra 300. I just think the pool's going to be much smaller, right? So the folks that are looking, that can't afford that increase in interest rate, 
it's going to be a very small group, which reflects in the data when you see the listings are down, the you know the closings are down, the mortgage applications are down. Um, so I think it's it's definitely a shift. It's, something's happening. It's just we we kind of need to understand how all of the buckets of the buyers are going to be affected. Yeah, we we see pricing going up. I want to show you one more piece here. Yeah. I was doing a little bit of. I want to share one more piece here. Let me let me just share this with you, and um, let me go here to real earnings. This is from bls.gov, and real average hourly earnings decrease one point seven percent seasonally adjusted from December twenty twenty one. Decrease rose. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, the, to December twenty twenty two. The change in real hourly Earnings combined with decrease of 1.4% in the average work week resulted in a 3.1% decrease in real average weekly earnings over this period. So mm-hmm. not only is the price of housing going up, this is, by the way, you can, you know, the, the viewers can look this up. This is right from the uh, bls.gov website. This is right from the government's website. Okay. Uh, the ones that report inflation and and all of those and all of those numbers. Um, so wages have gone down, yet price the cost of housing has gone up. What's the solution to this? What can everyday Americans look? I, you have a large community that you serve and you mentor. You mentor new investors. You teach people how to buy and rent. By the way, follow her guys on Instagram. She's always putting out amazing content on there. So make sure you check mm-hmm. her out. Um, Urban Teach, right? That's your that's yes, your handle. Urban Teach underscore. Yeah. Under, under, urban Teach. Un, urban underscore Teach. Oh, urban Teach underscore. Urban Teach <laughs> underscore. Sorry, Rose. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Anyway, so you're teaching and you're, and you're sharing a lot with your community. Um, what are you? What advice are you giving your folks right now? What advice would you give folks right now um, in this position? So I want two buckets. If you can share your perspective on two yeah. buckets. The first bucket is what are you telling someone? Que quiere comprar wants to buy their first home, right? Like, hey, they want to they want to buy a home, they want to get out of renting, buy a home. And I know you you're a big you're a big proponent of house hacking because that's how you kind of started. You've shared that here before with me. And then the other bucket of investors that want to start investing. What are you telling them when you're considering all this data? What we just we just looked at. Let's take a quick break. Before we dive back into our conversation, let me share something truly transformative with you. Picture this. I've personally created wealth through real estate investing, and now I want to show you exactly how I did it. Introducing the 60-Day Deal Finder, the game-changing online course designed to revolutionize your approach to real estate investing. In this dynamic program, you'll learn battle-tested strategies to uncover high-yielding opportunities, insider tips on negotiating and confidently closing deals, a step-by-step roadmap to help you build your real estate empire in just 60 days. And here's the kicker. I'll be revealing the exact methods that help me create wealth through real estate. But that's not all. Enroll today and get an exclusive deal just for our podcast listeners. Use the coupon code WEALTHYAF at checkout and get 20% off your purchase. Stop dreaming and start doing. Your journey to financial freedom begins with the 60-Day Deal Finder course. Head over to martinreimastery.com. That's martinreimastery.com. And let's build wealth together. 
Well, the, the most important thing is that the numbers have to make sense, right? So I would never advise someone that, <clears throat> excuse me, wants to get into home ownership when the numbers, you know, their income versus their expenses are going to be so tight that there's very little wiggle room for emergencies, let's say. Mm-hmm. So for the first time home buyer, I'm always like, okay, what's your budget? What is your monthly expenses? You know, what is your wiggle room? Do you have an extra thousand dollars a month that you can set aside for emergencies? Do you, or, you know, is it a hundred dollars a month? If it's a hundred dollars a month, it's not enough. So you might not be in a position to purchase right now. You might have to wait. And also how much rent are you paying? So I think that, you know, when we tell some folks are like, I'm going to wait to buy because the market might crash, right? They keep hearing the word crash and they might wait to buy, but at the same time, their lease might be up in two months and their rent is going from 1800 to 2800 We've seen it happen in this mm-hmm. market, mm-hmm. 30, 40% rent increase one year to the next. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to often kind of analyze the entire picture before even saying whether you know that person's in a position to buy or not. Now, if they're in a rent stabilized situation where the rent only goes up 3%, they want to wait another year so they can save another 10K or switch jobs and make a little more money, then that also works. It's, it's also a play depending on kind of what their expenses are. So really the, the play really varies by the situation. I always tell folks that it's not black and white. It's very, you know, you have to really see all the data, like how much is your rent? Is, do you expect it to go up by how much? I spoke to a couple the other day where um, they just got engaged. The ladies making the ladies paying twenty four hundred dollars in rent in a luxury building in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. She just got notice that her rent is going up to three thousand dollars. Right. Her fiance lives in the city in Manhattan, downtown Manhattan. He pays twenty two hundred with a roommate. His rent is going up to twenty nine hundred. So combined, they're spending over five thousand dollars in rent a month. Mm-hmm. You know, so buying a home that's four fifty and their mortgage and interest and everything is in the low fours, up a three k, might make sense to them because again, they're they're already spending this money on two sides without tax benefits, without appreciation, without all that good stuff. So it really depends on kind of what side they're in. For the investor, I mean, you already know the the inventory is very is not out there, right? So. Yes. It's very scarce. It's very tricky. Um, building materials are still up. Permitting, all that. It's just very messy. So for the newbie investor, yes, uh, house hacking is my first recommendation always. You know, find yourself a multifamily. F- learn the landlord game. Live on property for a year. Use your FHA. Join a first-time home buyer program. You know, they allow for multifamily purchases. So that's kind of my advice on that side. Great. Great, 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 great advice. Um, it's a tricky, tricky, tricky market to navigate, Rose. Yes, um, sure. let's, let's look at this data a little more. We have mortgage purchase applications um, during the week ending January 13th jumped 25%. That would, that would make sense, right? From a week earlier, seasonally adjusted purchase applications were down 35% year over year, right? From a year earlier. So Google searches for homes, and I'm going to share a little bit on this with you. Google searches for homes were up 30% from their November low during the week ending January 14th, but down 26% from a year earlier. So um, Google search, that's a lead indicator of what's going to happen the next week. I've been doing this for weeks now, this Mm -hmm. week market update, and Redfin always puts that in there, Google search. And 
what I see is when Google searches down, because I have properties on the market right now, I see less deep, I see lower demand, literally direct effect, mm. lower showings on my properties. When I see searches is up, are up, I see, and interest rates are down both, the combination of both, interest rates down and searches up, I get a mm-hmm. higher demand. You know, I have a couple of properties on the market right, right. now, we've talked about them off air. And um, we got, in six weeks, I got about five showings. I put that on on the market, five mm-hmm. or six showings, something like that. In six weeks, that means demand just dropped off a cliff. In yeah. December, we had the worst the worst showing in, since 2014 or something like that. I think wow. it's what the data that said, show, you know, the number of showings. Um, November, December, November, into uh, December, actually, because it was, I put it yeah. Monday after Thanksgiving. Okay. And... Um, rates going having gone down the last few weeks and searches on Google having gone up impact i got six showings just this week this weekend oh, six seven showings that. this weekend yeah okay. so what's interesting is that this is a lead indicator this is real time lead indicator now granted this is nationwide right this is nationwide yes, google yes. searches but it's a real time lead indicator and if you're a realtor and you're watching and or listening to this you need to be paying attention to that uh, because that's a real, real lead indicator. What are your thoughts on on housing demand and the tricky place that we're in right now with housing the inventory still being low, housing and then buyers' interest rates still being high? What do you consider a crash? What do you, in your opinion, different, different, different people have different meanings for crash? Right. What I can tell you is that watching the data, we are going to, at the rate we've been going down. We peaked na- the nation peaked in June, right? That mm-hmm. was our peak number, and of course that's market by market. Here in the Poconos, we peaked in April, okay. right? We peaked in April. As a nation, we peaked in June. So, based on the data, at the rate we've been going down, the market's been going backwards on price reductions and closings and things like that. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna be. But below peak rose in three months by the end of mm-hmm. by the end of March will be below that June peak, so okay. we'll be under three fifty one whatever the average home price is in the United States. Right. Um, what is your thoughts on where the market is, and what do you consider a crash? I mean, a crash in my market would be it would have to be more than ten percent. You know, it have mm-hmm. to be twenty percent drop. Um, sales coming to a scratch screeching halt, which we have not happened last month. It happened last month for us here for sure. Yeah. 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 Like it happened last month in the month. I think also December, December, this, this past December is kind of like, you know, is that month where the, the data was coming out, the, the fear was coming out, right? The interest rates was peaking up. There was a lot of other factors too. The holidays were there, right? It's the end of the year. A lot of folks didn't get their bonuses or were not expected to get a bonus, probably. I've heard a few that were expected to get bonus payout early now, and we're told in December that the company did not make their numbers and they're not getting a bonus. So I think a lot of that. That's a lead indicator. That's an important Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then folks also like we're counting on that money to maybe go and make a purchase and go to an open house. And now they're like, oh, well, it's not going to work. Right. I got to wait. Um, for my market, yeah, it's got to be a, a big enough dent. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, we're seeing price drops, at least the sold number versus the listing number down. 
five percent, very Based. minimal. Five, five. Yeah, well, five percent. Right. The ratio is not out of this world. You know, twenty five, thirty k below. Comparing it in twenty twenty two, if we go back to before COVID, when home prices were kind of growing steadily at three to five percent in my market, it's still well above a what it was in 2019. You know, we just had a massive double digit growth here for the last two years. Yeah. So for it to drop 5%, it just means that we still grew 8%. Yeah. You know, because our growth has been 13, 14, 15% year over year. Um, so we're not as panicky here, but the number of listings have gone down tremendously because now, now the home seller can't find another place to move to. So they're waiting to list. So we went from an average of 90 uh, listings a month live to 42, 40 to 42. Wow. 50%. Yeah. That's huge. 50% drop. Yeah. It's really, really tight. So, and what's happening with the realtors, right? So think about also that. So we just went over at the beginning of, of, of our discussion here, we went over some employment issues happening in, in the tech world and in job in the job industry. You just said to me that some of some people, you know, personally, were expecting bonuses in December didn't happen because the companies didn't make their numbers. Again, lead indicator. Happen. So now what happens with what happens with the market, right? What happens with the, you know, it's like we're at a standoff here. We're at a standoff with buyers and sellers. Sellers, sellers don't want to list. The only ones actually listings, not only ones, but the majority, at least here, a lot of us, the ones listing are investors, right? Because we need to move right. assets. And then, and then buyers are like interest rates are too high. So, and then sellers don't want to don't want to lower the price. It's like where are we, and where does this end, and where do we go right. from here, and when will this shift? Right? right? When will we go to normalization? You just said fifty percent drop. What happens to realtors? We talked about employment a moment ago. So, in two thousand and eight, Rose, we saw a major, major. Um, Loss of yeah. real drop in realtors, right? They all went to work in retails, bartenders, mortgage guys too. I was one of those yeah. mortgage guys that lost, that gave up. I literally put my license in the in my garbage can in my garage. Wow! Like in two thousand and nine. Um, so I think I think we're going to see that again. I mean, how are how are realtors eating right now? When forty two percent, how many realtors are in your market? Right, there's about thirty five hundred. I think is a number here. Guys, don't quote me. I know. I'll, Guys in the mm-hmm. Poconos are going, ah, oh, you're wrong. But I think it's about 3,000 to 3,500. And yet there was 342 closings in the month of December. How are they eating? That's How crazy. are they making a living? Yeah, I mean, at least in my market, I know that a lot of the realtors are, they have multiple hats, right? A lot of them do it part-time. They have full-time jobs because, they, you know, this is a very it was a very rich in activity market. Mm -hmm. So folks were just getting their license, kind of doing it on the side, you know, so it doesn't affect those folks. The folks that do it full time are the ones that are going to feel the pain Mm -hmm. because now they have to hustle a little more. Right. I think that a lot of them, you know, the old school ones might not necessarily be in social media like we are. So their form of um, acquiring new leads is very antiquated, right? They're not shifting with the times. So those folks are going to start dropping off soon. Because, again, the leads are so tight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be a shift. The mortgage lenders as well. You know, those calls are not coming in like they were. The pre-approvals are not, you know, flying in 
uh, every other minute. So it's it's going to get tough for I think for everybody. Home inspectors, right? Title company. Um, title companies, appraisers. Appraisers. It's going to affect everyone, everyone, and everyone. Um, but I think also that you know this year is going to be shaky, like we said at the beginning. But the the projection is that by next year things should kind of level off a little bit with elections the stock market hopefully kind of readjusting itself um so we'll see we'll see what happens let me go through the rest of this data and then we'll unpack yeah. it and then we'll wrap it up okay so okay. um let's go to pending home sales were down 29 percent year over year that's the first sub 30 percent drop in three months that's mm-hmm. crazy that's just that's yeah. just mind-boggling to me among the 50 most populous U.S. metros, pending sales fell, fell the most in Vegas. Like always, like every cash I've experienced, Vegas always takes the first freaking hit. 63% down in sales year over year. Phoenix, 56%. Austin, 53%. These were the markets with the highest bubbles, by the way. Jacksonville, 52.4%. This is insane. Um Though they fell, they fell in fifth in all fifty. The decline, at least in Chicago, was negative twelve point eight percent. Is nuts. Mm, um, yeah. New listings of homes for sale fell twenty percent year over year. Active listings um, was during the period were up twenty one point eight percent from a year earlier. The biggest annual increase is twenty fifteen. Okay. Months of supply, a measure of balance, was um, was four months up from 3.7 months. That means inventory is creeping up nationwide now. It's, of course, market by market. 3.7, it's up to four months now. Healthy market is six months, so we're getting close to a healthy market in terms of inventory. But at the rate we're going, by the end of this year, if we stay at the rate we're going, we'll have 12 months, 15 months of inventory by the beginning of 24 if the buyer demand doesn't come back and start buying right. or interest rates, it could be really messy. 29% yes. of homes that were under contract had an accepted offer within two weeks. <laughs> That's not my experience. Slightly up from mm-hmm. the week before, down from 36% a year earlier. Um, this is the one I wanted to share with you. Homes that sold were in the market for a medium of 45 days. That's up two weeks uh, that's up two weeks from 31 days a year earlier. 21% of homes that sold above their list price down from 40% a year earlier. On average, 4.3% of homes for sale each week had a price drop of slightly from a, up slightly from a week earlier, but down 5.3 a month earlier. This is the one that I wanted to show because you said 5%. The average sale to list price ratio, which measures how close homes are selling to their final asking price, fell to 97.9% from 100.1% a year earlier. That's the lowest level since 2020. What's your thoughts on that last data? Because you said in your market, you're losing 5%. In your perspective, you didn't think that was enough. But to give the listeners and the viewers context, it's important they understand that Mm You're in like you're borderline New York City. New York City and, Metro, yeah. Yeah, you're in the New York City Metro. So your average house there is what, 550, 500? Five, yeah, right? 515. 515. Mm-hmm. So you're above the national average of 350, way above mm-hmm. the national average of 350. So for you, um, you may look at, hey, a $25,000 drop is like, that's not a lot, right? At a $500,000 home. 
Um, but when you look at the percentages and you, now you compare it to the nationwide right. percentages, it's actually quite significant because at that pace, um, right. you know, you could lose another 10%. Now we're talking 75,000. 75, you could lose another 10% by the end of this right. year. Um, right, right. And that's significant cash, right? That's significant cash. So I just yeah. want to get your thoughts on that because we here in the Poconos, we're a little bit below. Um, we're right, actually, it was like 96.7%. I looked at the data here locally for us in the Poconos. Okay. In the Strasburg region, Monroe County and Pike County, Pennsylvania. And we were like at 96.8 or 7% of list to ask, which is very common in our area. Because um, I looked at the historicals, that's kind of going back to normal. Our okay. days on the market is going up. By the way, it says 44. It's going to be significantly higher, higher than that in a month. Yeah. Significantly right. higher than that. I'm told you, I sat in a property for six weeks. When the December data comes out, like when that data yeah. comes out and the January data comes out, we'll see. It's going to be like 60 days, 56 days in the mm-hmm. market, average days. So I want to get your thought, your thought process on that before we wrap it up. Yeah, so the listing price for us, I mean, the 515 uh, uh, listing price is up, like I mentioned, double digits year over year. So mm-hmm. 2020 to 2021, my market went up 14%. Yeah. 21 to 22, another 14%. That's 28% in two years. Mm-hmm. So when I say a 5% drop is not. You're still 22% up. World, we're still up 22% in two years. You mm-hmm. know, So it's a little different. I think it's going to um, help the buyers, that, the new buyers that want to get into our market from New York City, right? Because now a 475 property is still way cheaper than living in New York, right? It's expensive compared to the national average of home sales, but we have such a limited inventory here. Like 42 listings right now in my market is tiny. Like there's Yeah, that's nothing. Houses. That's nothing. There's nothing. Now, we don't have the lines that we used to have with the open houses, but they're going on the contract still a week or two into the listing date. So the activity is still happening. You know, we don't get 30 offers, but we get five. Mm-hmm. So there, but, there's a shift, but it's not a standstill yet. Yeah, you're in a great – it's because of your location. That location is super yeah. strong. Coño Rose, but, you know, let's be let's – be, let's be – let's keep it 100 here, right? Like, dude, like losing – it's and you're like yeah my house is worth five and a quarter and now a realtor is telling you no 499 499 500 yo it's all it hurts claro, right claro que sí. Coño, yeah it like to 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 someone to tell you that um and i think that's part of the issue that we're having the psychology of the sellers a lot of us sellers and i said include myself i'm an investor so to me I don't get attached. There's no emotional attachment to properties for me, right? Now, when I talk about my home, my house where I live, my wife is like, see, 400 for this. And I'm like, forget about that. Like, stop. Like, you know better. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right? There's an emotional attachment because it's your home. So when it's your house, you have that emotional attachment. And a lot of people, as you know, tie their net worth, their biggest asset quote unquote asset. I don't believe that the home you live in is your asset. I believe is your biggest liability. It just mm-hmm. appreciates over time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so we tend to get emotionally attached to that. And because a lot, because most Americans don't have any financial education, they see property dropped 5%, 4%, 5%, 4%. 
four percent, thirty, forty thousand, and they freak out. No, yeah. I'm not selling because this is a number, right? right. Not right. understanding the market and the demand. We're seeing that right now, Rose. We have been. I'll give you an example. One of my sales guys went um, yesterday, Friday. Called one of my sales guy. We got a lead from from our marketing, and we guy. My sales guy goes out to see. One of my guy goes out to see um, this property. It's a single family. He's like, takawa. It's falling apart. Right. Yeah. Fine. That's what we buy. No yeah, problem. Yeah. That's what we buy. That's our opportunity. He made an offer of fifty thousand property. We ARV'd it somewhere around two, two twenty-five or two fifty, okay. which is great. That's yeah. the sweet spot for us. Nice, we'll do nice those deals touch. all day. We need like 50, 60 grand, seventy grand. We want. Listen, we're calculating that now. We're in a down market, so we got to be aggressive with our mm-hmm. offers. Um, right. The guy said someone offered him two twenty retail. Another wholesale, oh, okay. another wholesaler out of state, a wholesaler from out of state offered him two twenty retail, and. He was like, I'm going to go with that. That's what my house is worth. And people, the average American todavía no sabe, is not educated, like, right. to what is really happening in the market. You know, you probably have this with your mom and your parents. I called my mom the other day. I was like, Ma, she mm-hmm. always teases me, Rose. You know how Dominican parents are. Usted no ve noticia. Tú no ve noticia. I'm like, right. Ma, we watch a different like, kind why of Why would I? <laughs> <laughs> so I can, like, not leave my house <laughs> I'm like, Ma, we watch different kind of news. Right. The noticia que tu ve, what you're watching is the world is coming to an end, the criminals, people shooting, all this crazy shit. That's what you watch. And that's what you want to inform me. And you think that that's important. Like, I need to know this stuff. Right. I was like, I asked her, I was like, what are they telling you about what's really happening with unemployment, with the financial markets? She was like, I don't even pay attention to that. Oh, you look at me, dijo. Yeah, you know, caso esta vaina. So that's my point. Most people, no, they're not even paying attention. They don't know. They don't know. I, funny you say that about the homeowner, um, the seller not trying to budge on a price. So we there's a two-family uh, about a block away from me. And this homeowner has had it. on. The, that's the only house in my town that has been in the market for more than 60 days. It's because the guy in his mind told the realtor, this is the number you need to list it at. The realtor's like, well, you know, the, my CMA came in at a... Uh, whatever, 550, mm-hmm. 560, mm-hmm. he wanted it listed at 675. The mm. house is still there. No one's looking at it. It's falling apart. It's the ugliest Ay, house Dios on mio. the block. It's a two-family, but it's like, okay, it's a two-family, but you got to put more money in there mm-hmm. to fix it. So it's not going to move. And it's a, this home seller is just stubborn as he can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, they don't understand the numbers, right? The number side of it. No one's going to come in there and buy it unless the numbers make sense repairing it after repair rents that come in. Right. Um, So it's very important to kind of school our customer our seller or buyer, whoever that is. And it's, it's financial education, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up with that. And I want you to give your, your two cents on that is, you know, um, especially in the Latino community, we, in the minority community, we don't, we don't have it right. We don't, no one is teaching us, you know, when you think about us, because I've seen some of your posts, we, we grew up at the same time. We're about the same age. And yeah. I, I saw you in your baggy jeans. I saw you. What school did you go to? I saw I one of your Christopher oh, Columbus High School in the Bronx. In the Bronx. Okay. Yeah. I saw you in the 90s in your baggy jeans. I was like, man, I was. she looked like she was in my class. I went to Irving <laughs> in, in New York City. Uh, so we grew up in the same time, right? So so when we when we think about, you know, where we come from, who taught us? Like, if you think about that time when we were that age in school, 
um, you know, living in the hood, like, let's face it, we come from the yeah, hood, right? Yeah. We come from it is the hood. Yeah, it's the hood 100%. Um, living in the hood, who's talking to us about financial? Who's talking to us about finances? Who's talking to us about investment? Nadia. No, no one. No one, no one knows. Cool, that's for sure. Not in school, not at yeah. home, not in the hood. No one. Lo que tienen un poquito más, the one that know a little bit more, son los bodegueros. That they know, right? right? They, they buy the, the groceries, yeah. the ones that own the groceries, the bodegas, that they know they buy stuff at wholesale. They sell it to us at retail. And, right. you know, they're the ones that know the most, but... They're not going to share it. <laughs> they're not sharing <laughs> that. So we're going there to buy our candy, our chips, our groceries, and we're out of there. Our right? So, <laughs> so what advice can we give, you know, to people in our community specifically um, that, you know, they want to, they, they need to... They need to get this information. They need to learn about it. And you know, you know what else? I'm going to keep it 100 with you, Rose. Yo llego a la casa a veces, right? Sometimes I get home. And I know, guys, I'm talking in Spanish just because I'm talking to Rose. When I'm talking to my friends, I talk like that. When I talk to my friends, I speak Spanish. I talk like that. Um, but, you know, sometimes yo llego a la casa and I'm like, um, and I'm on my computer and I go home and I'm like, hey, babe, let me check out. Let me check my email. Da, 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 and I'm going to take, just give me 30 minutes. After I unwind and everything, I need 30, 40 minutes to study, right? Mm -hmm. And my studying is, let me look at rent growth. Let me look at the market. Let me look at where I'm playing, what's happening. You know, I have a big fiduciary mm -hmm. responsibility, first of all, to my investors. You're one of my investors. Mm -hmm. To my investors, to my family, to my business, to my employees. I have a fiduciary responsibility to be educated, to know what's happening, to know this information so that I can know as a leader where I'm going to go, the leader of my household, the leader of my business, that responsibility mm -hmm. to my employees. Um, and let's be real, man. That shit takes time. Of course. That shit takes time. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're not um, being intentional about it, <laughs> you know, it, it's easy to get home and just, let me just look at la novela, let me look at Netflix, right. let me watch this thing and do all of that. You know, it takes... It doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve us any... It takes discipline. What's your what's your what's your advice to, you know, maybe a couple of websites, a couple of things that maybe yes. someone's watching or listening um, to us having this conversation can yeah, say, hey, what what are the things that I could do daily or five or ten minutes to build that muscle and get better? What are some of the places you, know, so you go to? For folks that commute, the easiest one is for anyone that commutes to a job or to school. You know, if you're on the train, you're on the bus, you're driving. You're obviously probably listening to something, music, the radio station, your playlist on Pandora, mm -hmm. you know, start listening to a few podcasts like this one, right? Mm -hmm. Pick five in whatever area you're interested in. You know, if you're not interested in real estate and you're like, oh, it's not my thing, fine. Learn about stocks, learn about entrepreneurship, learn about health, mental Marketing, health, whatever. Marketing, you know, e-commerce, social media, which is mm -hmm. not going away. You know, I, I hear folks all the time say, Oh, I don't even like social media. And I'm like, do you ever want to own a business? Like you're going to need to use it at some point, right? Or at least understand it. Um, so that's first is try and, and get into the habit of learning something new or hearing something new every day. There are days that my days are crazy. And then I start fidgeting when I'm like, oh, I didn't get to catch up on these episodes, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have a list of things that I listen to on a regular basis that I see on YouTube on a regular basis. It's all tied to what I, where I want to be, right? What I want to learn, where I want to be in five years. Yeah, I still listen to music and watch Netflix every now and then. You got to kind of balance it out. Mm -hmm. But the easiest way is find something that you're interested, that you're passionate about and start 
including that on your daily routine. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Rose, as always, my girl, thank you so much for for coming on and sharing with the audience. I really, really appreciate it. If someone is listening right now or watching this episode and they want to connect with you or maybe join your community because you're doing – I learn a lot from you, by the way, just so you know. Oh, so I'm watching your you. stuff. So I know you share some stuff sometimes, and I'm like, how the hell did she know this crap? Like, where the <laughs> hell she got that stuff from? So I know you're studying too, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, she comes up, guys. So, you know, she comes up with all these cool things like, hey, man, rents for Section 8 just went up, da 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 and you can yeah. do this and get that. I'm like, what? Like, dude, like, I got to get that. Like, Rose, hook me up. Where did I get that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if someone wants to connect with you and they want to follow you or they want to join yes. your community, um, where do they go? How do they find mm-hmm. you? How do they connect with you? How do they – I know you have a master class. You have a bunch of stuff. You're just starting a meetup too, by the way. I'm excited yeah. for that. I saw that you posted that. So send me an invite because I want to um, – send, send me the link because I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to be in person, hopefully starting in March. So I will definitely. Yeah, I'll be there. I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going to be on vacation on the 5th. I'll be on vacation, but if I'm not, um, I'll be there. 100%. I'll I'll have a few this year. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Follow me on Instagram. So urban teach underscore. Um, I do have a weekly community that meets with me every Monday night on Zoom at 8 p.m. It's $37 a month, and it's a community of new landlords, current landlords, anyone that wants to get into the residential real estate business. We talk about different topics every week. So we we tackle Section 8, we tackle furnished rentals, we tackle Airbnb, we look at the data by market. We, uh, I have You'll have access to a platform, my Kajabi learning portal, which includes forms, links, you know, all the resources that folks need to kind of run their operation on their own. So it's a very, very good group. Um, we're having our first meetup in February where the group is going to come together exclusive to the group and my in, in, invitees, invitees. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how I say that, mm-hmm. but it's going to be fun. You know, it's just a good way to connect and have folks in your market that you can talk to about real estate, that you can meet up with, that you can partner with. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find lo- all of those details on my website, which is urbanteachnyc.com. Outstanding. I'll, I'll, if I'm here, si no, si no estoy en vacaciones, I'm taking my family vacay on, on March. Nice. I'll be okay. there. And guys, it's only 37 bucks a month. That's, that's like if, first of all, here's the thing, man. Here's what I'm going to say about that. If you're not willing to spend $37 a month on yourself, then you don't need to be even, time. you don't need to, we don't need to, yeah. you don't even need to be, you don't need to even talk about real estate investing. Olvídate, forget about it. You're not remote close to being ready to be an investor so um investing yourself i'm vouching for rose she's freaking awesome make sure you follow her check her out and my sister appreciate you coming out and spending your morning your saturday morning i know it takes a lot you have a family say hi to the family for me say hi to ben um i know it takes a lot to yeah yeah thank you so much my dear appreciate you soon all right And that wraps up another episode of Wealthy AF brought to you by Premier Ridge Capital, where multifamily real estate syndications meet premier success. Your future starts here. Visit us at premierridgecapital.com for more details.